I mean, worship was so good. I love worshiping. You know, uh, I actually didn't like worshiping up until uh, maybe seven years ago, eight years ago, when I realized uh, worship isn't just singing songs. Uh, again, I, I was actually a musician, so I should like it, but, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, but then I realized that it's not just singing. It's actually making declarations with my mouth. I'm actually declaring. I'm releasing. I'm empowering myself. I'm worshiping God, but I'm also rele releasing in the atmosphere around us. And so if we start thinking that through, what did we just release, not only in this church, but in this community this morning with the words that we sang, right? I was thinking of my family. I was thinking of my family in Coquitlam. I was thinking of my family in Montreal and Italy. I was thinking of my neighbors, my friends uh, um, who, who I, I socialize with. I was thinking of you know, a really good friend I mountain bike with. And I was just declaring over his life the songs that we were singing. It's powerful, guys. What we say is powerful and effective. Okay, that's for free. Moving on. So, um, yeah. I don't know why I said that. So um, we're continuing in our sermon series, kind of a, a, like a New Year's type of a sermon series, because I really believe September is really the new year. It's when we start establishing schedules. We start establishing life. Uh, things get going again. And, and uh, I kind of spoke about the vision that I have for, um, for us as a church in this new year. It's a personal vision for myself. I never really share anything that I'm not going through myself. That's one of the advantages of being in charge. I get to do that kind of stuff. And we're focusing on getting even deeper rooted, more deeply rooted, specifically deeply rooted in Christ Jesus. We talked about that verse in Colossians chapter 2. We want to be fully rooted in Christ Jesus, not any other side issues, not that rooted in Christ Jesus, rooted in God's word, rooted in prayer, rooted in praise and worship, rooted in holiness. We want to get deeper roots so we can stand strong in everything that we deal with at every encounter that uh, um, we find ourselves up against. Last week, we looked at kind of two Old Testament books. We looked at Ezra and Nehemiah uh, without getting too far into the history, but Ezra was focused on rebuilding the temple of God uh, after it was destroyed, and we compared that temple being how we house the presence of God in, via the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Our hearts are, are, are the seed of our passions, emotions, our dreams, our feelings. And when we allow God to reign in that area of our heart by, by, by allowing the Holy Spirit into our heart, that's like the rebuilding of the temple. Then Nehemiah comes by about 92 years later and realizes that even though the walls and the cities are in ruin, everything that the temple is doing to, to restore was being attacked and destroyed. And it was like this cycle of up and down. And I don't know how many of you relate to this spiritually. We're like doing really good. We're building, 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 building. Then we crash, 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 right? Situations happen. And it's kind of the same way. We need to rebuild these spiritual walls that guard the work the Holy Spirit is doing in our hearts. And, and we jumped analogies from a wall to that deeply rooted, how when we are actually deeply rooted, when storms come and when, when trials come and when situations happen, we're so firmly rooted in Christ Jesus that we're not shaken, we're not influenced by just good-sounding philosophy or reasons. That, that's that verse in, in, uh, in Colossians chapter 2. And if we look at Ezra, we see that the promise of God was not that he would do it for us, but that he would actually be with us and, 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 and with us. And it's partnering with the Holy Spirit, picking up our own tools, and again, partnering with the Holy Spirit to get even more deeply rooted so that we can stand mature, strong, and we can stand firm. And so that's kind of the theme we're going to look at um, in this month of September. And so this morning, I actually want to bring us back into Romans. I did a sermon series in Romans, like beginning of last year, but there is a section of Romans I think really communicates 
uh, uh, um, kind of this, what it looks like to grow and to mature, to be more deeply rooted, and that is Romans 6. And so we're just going to break it down a little bit. I'm going to start with the first six verses. This is what it says. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ Jesus so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. So let's pause there and let's break it down quickly. So uh, kind of a really quick definition of that word sin. Uh, I've done this a lot. Sin uh, it was, is an English term. It is an archery term. It means to stand miss, and you miss the bullseye. Back in the day, someone would be standing, some poor soul would be standing by the target, and if you did not hit the bullseye from a long distance, they would yell, sin, you've missed the mark, and, and, and you've now disqualified yourself from the share of whatever would happen if you hit the bullseye. Uh, it simply means that we are withholding our share of God's goodness and God's favor. That's why in some Latin countries, the word sin means without. So like if you're going to Mexico and you don't want milk in your coffee, you would say sin leche, which means without milk. And so it's like we are withholding ourselves from the share of God's goodness and favor. And all I want to highlight there is sometimes we live like and we act like sin is like this force that happens to us. Right? We're just innocently walking around Walmart, and then all of a sudden, aisle two, sin's like, poof, oh, sin happened to me. Right? And, and sin isn't this force that overtakes us. Sin is literally us partnering with our own desires and now disqualifying ourselves from the share of God's goodness and God's favor. Right? We actually partner. We play a role in sin. Sin doesn't hide behind a dumpster. We're not getting jumped by sin. Right? It's not a, a being. Right? And so if we kind of look at our, our mission statement, it is to belong, believe, and to become. And if we look at Roman, the beginning of Romans 6, it's kind of like this believe portion. It's this un we believe when we begin to understand that God's grace covers our sin. It allows us to shoot again. Right? It allows us to get up again where we've disqualified ourselves from the share. And it requalifies us. Right? So it's not like a, a game we spend, we spin the wheel, hit bankrupt, sorry, too bad, but we, we get to spin again or, or shoot again, whatever analogy kind of hits you. And, and so really that, that verse one statement, uh, um, so should we just go on sinning so we can just completely continue to receive God's grace, is definitely a really, really good believe question. You are believing well if, if that's really what you're thinking. You're doing it. That's what grace really is. But it goes further than that. And, and, and this becoming part is, is kind of the next part that, of course not, because it's more than just understanding grace. The becoming is taking that understanding of God's grace and applying it to the way that we live and the way that we act so we can actually go further in our walk with Christ, right? It's taking what we understand and actually applying it. Uh, kind of verse 6 is kind of highlighting that our old way of living died with Jesus and we are new. Like a really good way to understand it is grace doesn't make it impossible to sin. It's not like we get this get out of jail free card and now that we're saved, we're never going to miss the mark again. Well, I think all of us can understand that we probably missed the mark, 
You know, some of us, you know, daily, we've got we to work on that, right? <laughs> but what grace does empower us to do is the grace empowers us not to sin, right? It's, it's flipping the understanding that because of grace, because we can grow in our knowledge of who we are and who God is, the very thing that kept knocking us down doesn't have to continue to knock us down again. Does that kind of make sense? So grace does not make it impossible not to sin, but it does make it possible not to. And it's that understanding that we begin walking into. And if we look at this, the, the author of Romans here, Paul, is highlighting that sin only has as much power as we choose to give it. And see, and that is what freedom is. Freedom is understanding that sin no longer has power over us, but we give sin power in our lives, right? Freedom isn't taking it away. Freedom is understanding who we are. I'm thinking of uh, uh, what are we allowing influence? Where are we allowing or what influence are we allowing in our lives? It's kind of like when Katie and I were first married. Now, I'm a really, really good Italian boy, and every good Italian man lives with their parents right up until the day they're married, right? That's how you do it. And, and, and while I lived in my parents' roof, I was under the influence of my parents, right? And then I got married, and I learned uh, really quickly in our marriage that I needed to change some of my influence, right? Sam, you need some new influences, because the way I lived under my parents' house wasn't going to cut it if I wanted to continue to be married to my wife. Right? And so now I've moved out and I've moved into relationship with Katie and now the influence needs to change. Does that kind of make sense? It's the same way with Christian living. Before we knew Jesus Christ, before we understood who he was, who he was, who he is, and who we are, we lived a certain way. But now we need to change the influence. Who are we giving influence to will dictate how we live. And that is the key to being more deeply rooted. Are we still living like we were before? Right? Another way of looking at it is how many people do we feel are still living like they're 15 all over again? Right? And the 15-year-olds are like, I am 15, right? But, but, but I am not. Right? And if I continue to live like I was when I was 15, then I am not actually fully living life now as a 43-year-old man. Right? I am stuck in the past, being influenced by the idea of the past, Instead of walking in who I am today, it's not that funny, guys. All right? Yeah, I know. Kelly, Kelly. We can all point at each other. It's true, it's true. I am very mature, okay? Let's continue reading here in Romans, verse 12. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For if you were dead, uh, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. This statement, do not let, is this picking up our tools. It's the now partnering with the Holy Spirit. It puts onus and it implies that we play a role in this. That again, like I said before, we are actually empowering this really scary word sin. Right? We are empowering it. Sin only has as much power and influence as 
we choose to give. And Siri is telling me the very same thing I'm just saying. Okay. There is no neutral if we look to verse 13. We're either giving authority or giving life to or giving control to the thing that spiritually leads us to our death or actually leads us to flourishing and leads to our life. There is, like again, no neutral ground. And I'm saying this as someone who has looked for the neutral ground almost the entirety of my life, right? How do I like not, like, how do I not look like a loser but not fully stand out? How do I stay in the middle, right? How do I, you know, not influence, how do I just, I just want to disappear? And spiritually, how do, I, how do I just be good enough? How do I just look okay enough? What's the bare minimum I can do? So, you know, I still want to go to heaven, but, you know, I just don't really want to change here. There is no neutral. God has designed us to, to flourish and thrive in this life. And who we give control to will dictate how we either struggle or flourish in this life. Verse 14, sin is no longer your master. There is no, well, this is just who I am. Love me or leave me, right? That, 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 that is an attitude that we carry, but not a truth of God's word. You are free. And for some of us, this idea that we've died to the old way of living and we live new lives is a declaration we need to verbally make, we need to mentally make, we need to understand. I have died to that way of thinking and living and now I'm walking in a new way. I'm thinking a new way. Verse 15 and 16. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. You become a slave to whom or what you choose to obey. The key to being set free does not mean that we are actually controlled by the Holy Spirit. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And if you are my children, you know I love the word empowered. In our home, if you look for our glasses, they're not up high where they normally are. They're in little lower drawers because when we moved into the home, I did not want to, and Katie did not want to get our kids water every time they wanted it, right? And so actually, I tell, tell us my niece, you are empowered to get your own water because there's the glasses, there is the sink, get your water, Right? The Holy Spirit doesn't control us. The Holy Spirit empowers us. And this is what freedom looks like. If we are waiting for God to make us holy, if we are waiting for God to deepen our roots, if we're waiting for God to do the very things that he says that we can do and we can be, then we are not free. We're looking to be controlled. But the word says that God has set us free and now we are empowered to partner with the Holy Spirit and choose to walk a different way and choose to live a different way. And it's this mentality that's going to lead to victory in our lives. When we understand we are not controlled, but we are empowered. The truth about sin, bondage, all these different words that we like to use in our Christian ease language is we have been set free, but we choose to walk in bondage when we don't live or act like we are free. What you feed will grow and have greater influence. Right? So that's the same thing when we talk about God's word, prayer, 
Thanksgiving, all the different areas that we want to be deeply rooted in, if we give influence to those things, they will grow. And if we don't give influence to things, they will not grow. Right? It's simple, but it's not easy. It takes effort, but it's not complicated. Is that kind of... The key is influence. Words like, again, like bondage. Uh, if we continue in Romans, you see Paul uses the language of reign a lot. Reign just simply means to, to influence, to have influence, right? And it, it's that word basilica. It's where judgment was made and the courts were. And it's like, okay, now God has influence of you through the Holy Spirit in your heart. It, it, it's this influence over. So sometimes you hear Christians say like, oh man, the enemy's working overtime. Oh, the enemy is just attacking me all the time, and I'm under attack. And, and those are very, very real things. And spiritual warfare is a very much real. But understand this, church. We have power and authority, like Katie was sharing earlier and Sam was sharing earlier in worship. We have power and we have authority, and it has been given to us. And it's what we allow to reign in our lives that dictates how we live in this life. We have that authority. We have that power. We have that influence. It's the idea of, if we go back to the picture of Nehemiah, the, the, these ruined walls and these ruined cities and these ruined gates is like laying down authority and allowing every feeling and spiritual attack to reign in our hearts and kind of destroy all the growth and, and, and all the things that we are experiencing over and over and over again. But it's us who lays down that authority. Not sin, or, or like, you know, not spiritual attacks. When we lay down authority, we open the gates, we tear down the walls, and we're saying, come on in. <laughs> and then we're like, why are you in my house? The door was open and I smell the pizza. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would walk into a house. I'm sorry, I wouldn't do that. This year, choose differently. And the key is the word choose. You have the power. You have the authority. You have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Where are we allowing sin to reign? See, our old nature, you sometimes you'll hear people say no, the word flesh, which is kind of creepy, but it's a Christian word, the flesh. It actually craves and desires the old habits. And that's all they are. Their old habits. It actually likes it. Because, you know, you'll very rarely run into somebody who craves a salad over chips, right? And if you're that person, ah, I think you're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> but choosing to take up our tools, partnering with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we will grow. And, and it's so funny because Pastor Cody, uh, uh, Roland when he speaks, Jane, anyone who has spoken in this church will attest to, you tend to walk through the very things that you're teaching. And, and, and if you're like me, you're a very, very slow learner, right? And so this has been a really challenging few weeks for me, just spiritually, just, just dealing with uh, 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 um, uh, thought patterns that I haven't been dealing with for years, like two, three years, and all of a sudden I'm like, what is going on, right? And realizing that uh, uh, um, standing firm is not the elimination of those things, but something that I chose to do this week is take authority over it. So recognizing, oh, those thoughts 
now are staying longer than they need to stay, and they're physically affecting how I'm speaking and how I'm acting, and so I need to do something differently. So I did do something differently, right? I, I was coming in early. I was, I was spending more time in worship and less time in my work because I understood that what I do is only as good as, you know, who I am. Taking authority of, no, I have died to that way of thinking, and now this is who I am. And then realizing literally this morning, because I'm so slow, that what would have completely tripped me up three years ago didn't trip me up today because now I am more deeply rooted in the understanding of who God is and who I am. Because those thoughts do not have authority over me. I have authority over me, and I am empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk in the authority he's given me to actually walk victorious, regardless of how I am feeling. Right? And so this morning, as we call the team back up, and we respond in worship, this is an opportunity to tell your feelings who is in control. This is an opportunity to ask the question, who am I allowing to reign in my life? This isn't a message that says you always have to feel good, you always have to be happy, you always have to be on fire. That's not the truth. The truth is our feelings are going to change. Some situations we're going to walk through are not good. We don't need to pretend we're good, but we just need to remember whose we are and who we are. And instead of allowing those things to send us in this tumbling uh, cycle of good, not good, good, not good, good, not good, we walk through it stronger, better. I can't think of a third word, but it would have fit perfectly with this. Victorious. Empowered. Yeah. So let's stand together as we respond in worship, and then I'll close the service.